This podcast is brought to you by the letter C, which stands for cannabis, but not Chris. That starts with a K. That's right. You are listening to nothing other than... Canisations with Chris. Thank you for being here again. This is Canisations with Chris, and I am your host, Chris, and I have some people here. I have three wonderful individuals. I forgot to name y'all's joint, but luckily for y'all, I remember y'all name. So we have, is it more of y'all? Is it like a group? There's like, one more of us. One more? Okay. That isn't here right now. So we have the, I say the cast of, uh, <laughs> the cast of Vermont Normal. We have Nick, Sherelle, and Ella. Thank y'all for coming through. I greatly appreciate it, especially we getting in before the before the cold. Well, look, do y'all, uh, you want to you want to start? You know what I'm saying? Tell us a little bit about Vermont Normal. Absolutely. So, uh, my name is Nick. Uh, I am one of the co-founders of Vermont Normal, and I am sitting here with two of the four other, two of the three other illustrious co-founders of Vermont Normal. Um, we are a cannabis advocacy group whose mission is um, driven by the need to put in robust and meaningful social equity initiatives into the cannabis market, of which is emerging in Vermont as we speak. We started roughly in March of 2021. Yeah. So we're going on about two full years of operation. That's crazy. That's something I haven't said out loud yet, but now that I'm saying it is, wow. I did not calculate that math. No. <laughs> I know, two full years. Well, that's good. I mean, and you, y'all still around, so, you know, and it's growing. You want to talk a little bit, Sherelle? You want to talk a little bit about what your role in Vermont normally is? Well, I'm the deputy director, mm-hmm. and my role is to basically help Nick lead us to where we need to be. I call myself, like, the creative brain, so to mm-hmm. speak, of the operation mm-hmm. where we have an idea, we talk about the idea, and then I discuss how realistic the idea yeah. actually really yeah. is and right. how it's going to pertain to everyone that we're talking about, particularly minorities, black folks. You know, right. I try to keep it real. Like, right. you know, tell them like, yeah, we don't do that. They That's need not what that we up do. here. They need a little bit of of yeah. real up here. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what I try to do. I try to keep us in the real realm, in a realm that like, that's not realistic for mm. people like me, yeah. you know, as an right. African-American Latina. Like, it, th- that's not how that works. So right. I try to make sure we stay on a true task and make sure that uh, everyone gets heard. And I try to, you know, get us out there to people. That's dope. That's good. Yeah, Sherelle really makes, like, a, a hefty amount of the connections, I'd say. I mean, not to discount Nick's connections. But of course not. Sherelle, <laughs> like, definitely. Like, when we're at events and stuff. We'll often man the table, and Sherelle's like bopping around, busy bee everywhere, just meeting people, shaking hands. I ain't never seen. Every time I've seen Sherelle, she's been somewhere else than where she started. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. She's always moving around. Um, So, what's your role, Ella? Um, On paper, I'm the secretary. Um, Also, helped co-found. But I mean, Ella's the heart. Yeah, the heart of it. She's the heart of it. She's the passion this girl shows for social equity and people in need. Uh, She's the heart. Ella is our fire starter, if you will. You know that we all need that. Absolutely, that's how I stay warm in this house. Absolutely, I need a fire starter to get the big logs going. 
But she keeps us warm and fired up. These guys have, yeah. I haven't heard that vocabulary from you, but I'll take it. Yeah, I'll tell true. you all the time. Tell us how you feel. Don't <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> Sherelle, yeah. That's another one of Sherelle's roles, too, is definitely to like, because I can definitely get a little carried away. And then she's kind of like, well, let's bring it into the realm of reality right, and yeah. I'm, like make it more practical. Because um, I guess we all need a reality check sometimes. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. I get a little carried away, like in. You know, I'm definitely more skewed towards like, I don't know if I should nope. say that. Okay. Yeah. It's say what edited, you Speak your mind. I would say I'm a little more radical, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would definitely consider myself. Yeah. Um, a radical thinker. That's good. So um, it's very much appreciated that I have these folks around me to yeah. um, remind me where we are and that baby yeah. steps are definitely more crucial than like big leaps yeah yeah are y'all you and are y'all from vermont um not technically i have half my family over in the enosburg falls area but i was raised in connecticut oh okay what about you man uh i'm from new york as well but i came to vermont six years ago for school and graduated during a pandemic looked at my phone (laughs) saw that new york cases we're going through the roof. And Vermont hadn't even heard of COVID yet, so I decided <laughs> to stay here. Yeah, I ain't going back. Nope. Hey, two, two years later, here we are. That's me. That's why I, I moved here from New York, and I was like, man, New York's respectfully trash compared to Vermont. <laughs> it's, I mean, one yeah, of the one thing. So look, one of the one of the <laughs> one of the biggest things that I I like about Vermont. And you see it leaving and coming back is the billboards. Like I never noticed yeah. that how much the billboards mm-hmm. of area that they take. And that was one of the things that's I was telling y'all outside. Like I something different about this place. You can see everything. And I spoke to one of the guys in Swanton and he was like, Yeah, it's a a, a law against billboards in Vermont. Yeah. So and it and you don't notice it unless you're here submerged in it and then go one state left and you're like, oh, they're everywhere. McDonald's two miles down the road. You know, you know what? Dunkin' Donuts. That's the yeah. point. You're not supposed to notice it. Yeah. It's supposed to be subliminal. Yeah. You just take in the natural beauty. That's and you right. know what's interesting? The only other state in the country to have that? What? Hawaii. Mm. Hawaii Is it really Vermont. just Vermont and Hawaii? That's right. As far yeah, as I'm go. concerned, it could have changed. I but go to Hawaii. Hawaii and Vermont, only two states, you can't have a billboard. That's great. And and like I said, I never noticed it. Like, I've lived a lot of places, been a lot of places, and you see a billboard, it's a billboard, you know? But, you know, up here, like, you you don't see nothing. Right. So you go down south. Oh, they're everywhere. Crazy. They're like back to back. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's crazy. You notice the billboards. I noticed there's no tall buildings in Vermont. No tall buildings. They have a cap on how high you can build. See, I didn't know it was a cap on it, but I've seen it. That's what I was told a long time ago. Don't quote me on it. But I mean, as you can see, they don't build up. Nah, it's a, I think Rutland was the, the, I mean, I could be wrong, but there's, I ain't been that many places in Vermont. But Rutland was the tallest buildings, had the like that little city downtown area. And how, the, how many floors? Like six? If. It was and, probably and, like four. And I'm coming from New York where there's like 44 yeah, floor floors. buildings and 100 and something old <laughs> yeah, buildings. So, like, yeah, it's, it's that's what I noticed when I first got out here. Like, yeah. no tall buildings You can see the here. sky, everything. everything. You can see the, the mountains behind the buildings. Like, it's it's... 
It's really a different era, and that's one reason. I ain't saying, like, New York trash. I know you ain't saying that, because you can't. <laughs> you can't. I'm going to get you right I'm, I'm a product of New York, so I know you can't say that. <laughs> nah, like I said, my, my, my boy, he from, he from uh, Brooklyn, and he was always yelling, I'm from Brooklyn. I'm from, man, don't nobody care that you from Brooklyn, man. Yeah, you do. You do care. You just you don't do. know that you care. Exactly. Until I'm on you. Then you're going to really care. Oh, like, oh, she did oh, tell me she was Brooklyn from Brooklyn. Up. <laughs> when we tell you we from Brooklyn, it's kind of like, we warning you. That was your that's warning. That's warning. warning. <laughs> I'm from Brooklyn. That was your warning. Like, anything after that, I got to say, it's going to be a problem. It, Where are you from? Where in New York you from? Uh, I'm from the uh, kind of the Upper West Side, Morningside Heights area. Uh, 106th Street. And, and you in the, the bur- West Side. You on uh, the a borough? Or? Oh, okay, man. Yeah. See, I don't know none of this stuff. It, in New York, when you, you when you say the city within New York, you mean Manhattan. Uh, I don't know. Okay. Nick, well, <laughs> I don't know about that. I mean, I, I, the, the, what I hear is, like, when you're from the boroughs, you don't even be like, I'm from the city. You be like, where you from, Brooklyn? Yeah. <laughs> you don't even say New York. Yeah. Right. You don't yeah. even say the city part, but when you're from the outskirts, Yonkers, White Plains, Nyack, and all that, you say I'm yeah. from the New York City. Yeah. Yeah. I met a few people that said I'm from Yonkers, but it's only been like uh, Brooklyn, Bronx, Harlem, uh, and Yonkers. We just straight say the borough. Yeah. That, yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Like, yeah. if you don't know where that's at and where, where in the atmosphere, then yeah. you don't need to know where we're from. <laughs> that's one thing about New Yorkers, man. Y'all can just, if you tell you where you're from, y'all can strike up a conversation. Yo, you know Pete down on 106 and 7th? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know his grandma. Which is the babysitting. <laughs> <laughs> man, let me get back on the subject. <laughs> but where, uh, how did Vermont Normal, how did Vermont Normal start? Like what was that's a cute story. Who was the oh, that's what I'm here for. Yeah, man. It's a I love telling it. It's um so it started off with, you know, I had I had experience uh covering the tax regulate bill that set up this recreational market that we have uh today. And I had just finished an internship at the Chittenden County Public Defender's Office and I wanted to continue that line of work while also using the prior knowledge that I had of the, the S-54, which is now Act 164, the Tax and Regulate Bill. So what I did was I kind of used the connections I had at that office. Um, one of the attorneys there hooked me up with the two lawyers, Tim and Andrew, at Vermont Cannabis Solutions. And uh, basically, I went into them saying, look, I want to get I want to learn as much as I can about, um, you know, the business side of this industry, specifically in Vermont, um, while also maintaining the need for social equity in this market, something that was extremely uh, lacking from what I saw. And uh, after doing a couple of projects with them, uh, one of them suggested that I start a normal chapter. And it took me back because I knew normal was... uh, was a grassroots cannabis advocacy group, and I knew Vermont. The bread and butter is grassroots advocacy, yep. and it 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 kind of blew me out of the water that we didn't already have a normal chapter. So I did a little research, contacted the head office in Virginia actually, and went through the motions, but not before I made a couple phone calls to some very good friends of mine. Put the bad signal in the sky. Yeah, <laughs> man, for real, for real. And I called. My first call was to Miss Guinan. Well, right here. Let's back it up a little bit. Am I missing something? Well, not really. It's just for context. And yeah, maybe you please, want to edit please. this part out because it's not that interesting. It's interesting to me because you called like 
uh, a mutual friend of ours. And then you called my ex-girlfriend. And they were both like, you got to hit, what are you doing talking to us? Like, talk to Ella. Like, yeah. I was at home, like, post-surgery and, um, like, literally twiddling my thumbs. And uh, yeah. Nick and our other friends knowing that, like, the way that I am, especially with certain social issues and weed being one of them. Um, and then Nick was like, oh, yeah, duh, let me call Ella. And I was like, I'm, I was, like, stunned when you called me. I was like, this is an insane idea. Like, never in my life did I think that. I would be part of like the founding of a nonprofit, especially one that's so important, like personally to me and like to the things that I care about. And then, yeah, Nick was like, I really think we should do this. And I was like, okay, let's do I it. I wanted to make it clear from the bat. I'm not fucking around. I, want, I really want to do this. Yeah, right. it, it was at a time where there was, I feel like a lot of people were talking about starting stuff. This was, you know, like I said, kind of the early days of COVID. Yeah, it's like yeah. a year after, you know, the shit hit the fan. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, I wanted, you know, to make it clear. I wanted to surround myself with people that also take it seriously. Um, and I definitely made the right decision. So contacted Ella via some mutual friends of ours. Ella told me to get in contact with a childhood friend of hers named Kylie, who is the fourth member of our group who is in here today. And the three of us got started. Um, and I think it must have been a week or two before we got introduced to Sherelle. Right. Well, I was stuck at home recovering and I didn't get to meet you until a few months down the line, but you had called me and was like, I met this woman, like, she's incredible. Like, I think she'd be an absolutely perfect addition to the team. Like, I really want to like invite her to join us. And I was like, okay, like I'm convinced she sounds awesome. And it was, it was, it was the fate. best decision we could have made. We were introduced in the office of Vermont Cannabis Solutions. And pretty much instantly, I just felt a connection with Sherelle. And I thought this is like a, this this would be an invaluable member to our team, and it rounds out at a at an even four, yeah. which I which I appreciate a lot. Yeah, that's dope. And I got involved, <laughs> kind of like accidentally. So to speak. <laughs> I was interviewing at the law office and um, interviewing with Tim, and he was like, "Hey, there's this group, T Normal, and I think that you might be interested. Would you like to sit in on a meeting with them to see what they're about and what they're doing?" And I'm like, "Oh, well, this is the first day talking to you know supposedly my new boss now and i'm like oh can't say no to that absolutely uh, i don't know what vt normal is <laughs> i'm sure yeah i'll sit in on the meeting like yeah. and i sat in with these guys and was listening to him and kylie talk about it and how passionate they was about you know seeing real change within the cannabis community and in the market and making sure that you know the people that were disproportionately impacted actually get something out of this new market and yeah. i'm like huh this is something I have to be a part of. I mean, as a 80s baby growing up during the war of crime and um, addiction uh, between crack and... Real addiction. Ha- real addiction, <laughs> crack and heroin, uh, you know. that's I grew up around that. I stepped over addicts in uh, the streets, you know. I, I grew up around that. I, you know, I, I have personal experience mm-hmm. with, you know, the drug situation and how it's been, you know played out in our community. Mm -hmm. So I was like, well, yeah, I want to be a part of that because if they're going to make change for, you know, my people, I want to, you know, make sure it's the proper change, the right change, and, you know, it's change moving forward, Mm -hmm. not just fake change, you know, like, oh, we're going to do something and nothing really happened, you know? Mm -hmm. So I was like... And it's awesome that you felt that way because that's one... And and not, you know what I'm saying? It's good that somebody from the hood is involved because they might not have experienced the hood like like Brooklyn, you know what I'm saying? So if we're they're going to change, they need to know what that change needs to be. You that know? was my thinking. Exactly. That so they thinking. need to know like, hey, yeah, that may sound, yeah, it 
that does that peanut butter does look good, but you don't need that. You need some substance behind it. You, right, need, you need the bread first. You, exactly. <laughs> the quick uh, to speak to that issue. I remember talking about that prior experience that I had covering the bill. There was a yeah. moment where I was sitting in an unnamed uh, uh, legislative committee, said by an unnamed uh, uh, legislator, yeah. when they were deciding what, how to tax it, what the tax rate was going to be. You know, there's a lot. It's a that's a big decision. You got to balance a lot of factors because yeah, on one yeah. hand, you want people to engage with the legal market, mm-hmm. but you don't want to discourage them from doing that by taxing at you know fifty percent. So they're debating eighteen, seventeen, twenty-two, twenty, and uh, someone on that committee, elected official, said, you know, I remember I looked on the price of last night <laughs> and saw that an ounce of flour flour sells for four hundred dollars in Vermont. Jesus Christ. So we should tax it at X, Y, and Z percentage based on that number. I remember hearing that in my jaw, hitting the floor. Yo, that is crazy. And thinking like, these are the people that are making these decisions. And this yeah. is the information they're going off of. Now, they're to not, their credit, they don't have staff. They don't have, exactly, yeah. And they can, and that's all they have is, um, let me see. You know what I'm saying? You know, after Let one, me Google it. Exactly. You know? And it's like, this is what they have. I mean, they are, they're, they're understaffed under-resourced, and so to their credit, they're doing the best they can. Yeah, yeah. Player. I have no doubt about Absolutely. that. But it was it was really telling. That's, yeah. You know? It's good. I mean, and it's I think there is a fine balance of knowing that, and everybody wants what they want right now. They don't want to wait. But it's not just let's, all right, you want that to happen? We can do it now. You need to find the personnel. You need to make sure that they're qualified for it. And then they need to start making it happen. You know what I'm saying? So that's good. And I mean, let's be real. Cannabis is a street drug. It's it's the hood drug. It's, Absolutely. It's it's what it is. We, the the hood, the, the, the weed man has been keeping this up and running yeah. while it was illegal. So now that it's legal, you know. We need some people that's been in it and know what the, what's going on and what they're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, at the end of the day, I always feel like cannabis is the one industry where a hustler is going to succeed. Uh, a street smarts is what's needed exactly. in order to succeed yeah. in this industry. Absolutely. So those people that's sitting behind the desk, they don't have those street smarts. They may have book smarts, you know, intelligence, you know, and all that worldwide views and all of that. But that street smart, that hood smart, this hood smart to know that four hundred dollars for an ounce is you trying to get uh, it. No, this. <laughs> if you moving something like that, you, trying, you to are, get, you're trying to get. Me. Hey, you, somebody don't know nothing if they buy. Let me get two of them. Then. Yeah, clearly <laughs> they have no idea. <laughs> oh, you own two? I'm gonna have to up it to twenty five dollars a piece and get you four fifty, eight fifty. Hey, man, that is crazy. There was one time before everything took shape that I went to somebody and I was like, hey, I usually cop owes it like two. He was like, nah, this like 325. Because it's that crypto chronicle. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, I guess I'll go get this homegrown then. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? From this, this bearded white guy with three teeth in his mouth that's been growing for years. And you yeah, woke exactly. up to them like, you, you just got some Reggie. Yeah. Like, you need some Reggie. Exactly. You know, I don't need that fancy stuff. I don't need stuff. no <laughs> names and looks. And I want to be able to function. Exactly. Exactly. And that's, and that's one thing that, uh, like, the older crowd doesn't realize that this it's, it's, I don't even like to categorize it as a drug, but it's a, you can function on it. People use this to get in, like, to deal with the masses or to calm their mental or, you know, whatever it is that they use it for, even if it is recreational. You know, it's still serving 
some type of purpose. You Absolutely. Know Absolutely. That's yeah. Dope. I mean, like, you know, during a stressful day or like anything like that, like I really do. I mean, to say I rely on it, I feel like is a strong term, but like, mm-hmm. I certainly like look forward to letting my brain slow down mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Like that's yeah. really, I, I would consider that therapeutic at this point, you yeah. know? Cause like, I don't know, maybe it's just my brain, but I'm constantly going like 70,000 miles. No, I, absolutely. And that's what it, that's how I, you, I mean, I, you know, I also smoke as well, yeah. but I mean, when things get, get to moving a little expeditiously mentally, or you know what I'm saying in life, like I let me go hit this L real quick. You know what I'm saying? I it's just like a whew, moment, you know. Everything. It, I, I there was a comedian I heard a long time ago that said weed has a a, a substance in it called fuck it all. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Wasn't that Cat Williams? Yeah, yeah Cat Williams. But, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. If you got something going on, hit that shit. Fuck it all, man. You good. Fuck them bills. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, man, especially, you know, sometimes we're expected to go like 70,000 miles an hour in today's life. Yeah. And as human beings, we need that. We like if we're going on one extreme, sometimes we need to dial it back a little bit. And I, you know, weed is such an incredible plant. It has done so good for so many people. And it's also done a whole lot of harm yeah. at the hands of the same people that now want us to buy from them from them yeah. and so like on that hand it is such a healthy way in today's you know society with how fast and like you know many jobs kids everything going on it's like it really like is so it, it can be so beneficial at the yeah, end of the yeah. day to just kick back and smoke and it helps a lot of people not do the other way more unhealthy shit exactly mm-hmm. and that's it's i remember growing up hearing it we was a gateway drug, yeah. but like we all heard it. Yeah, like you know, I grew up with it. Yeah, and you know, I said I ain't never walked past no other gate. I don't uh, know what they talking about. How high do you got to be to find this gate? Right, because clearly I ain't never been there. I ain't never been there. Never, not never in the never in the never hood. A never hood. Have I ever wanted to go anything past? I used to say, if it ain't green, it ain't for me. It ain't for me. That's it. I mean, when it comes down to it, like the same people that we was growing up with that said that was the ones that was told, nah, that, that's a drug. If you smoke weed, you smoke crack. You know what I'm saying? You're going to be doing crazy shit for weed. You know, so they already had that like groundwork laid. You know what I'm saying? And and then they hit it, hit us with that. You know, and we're like, I mean, even for a while growing up, I was like, I found out, I seen somebody at a cookout smoking a joint. And I was like, oh, man, I hope you don't shoot up the place later. But I was like five, six years old noticing the smell. And I was like, oh, this is bad. And then it just kept being around. Yeah. You know, and nothing ever happened. Like. Yeah. Great way to learn is being exposed to it. Exactly. Well, that's how it worked for me. I mean, yeah. I was around all types of the different drugs, and yeah. I realized the ones that was doing the weed wasn't doing <laughs> the ones that was doing the other stuff. Exactly. Like, wait a minute. You don't the one do. doing the, the, the crack done stole my chain. Yeah. He's smoking weed, ain't doing nothing but sticking up the house. Yeah. You look like you don't smoke weed. You know what I'm saying? Like, you look like you use other stuff. Like, mm-hmm. I've seen, like, I'm the same way. I've seen people that's been using cannabis for years i've seen people that's been snorting cocaine for years and i've seen people that's been hitting them dollars you know what mm-hmm, i'm saying that so house, I, that yeah, big boy. you can tell the difference in them all yes you know what i'm saying so i've never seen like 
somebody really that down on weed. You know what I'm saying? And and I know our our parents didn't see that, but it's just the mentality that they was told. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It was a message that was purposely put out there. Yeah, yeah. So talking about advocacy, what are some of the things that y'all are advocating for? Like, I know there's tons, I mean, there's tons of, you know, things in the cannabis realm that needs to be changed. And, Absolutely. But, yeah, we want to, can, can you speak about some of the things that y'all are behind? Of yeah. course, of course. So, you know, coming into this, coming into this session and past sessions, I'm t- legislative sessions, um, and this is the first legislative session of which the market has been open, right? I mean, last one ran from January to May of last year, market open in October. So this is the first one where the market is open. We're seeing how stuff is playing out. The issues remain the same from our point of view. We have always felt that there is a very high barrier to entry for the market for someone who has been incarcerated, um, for someone who doesn't have access to capital, whether it be angel investors or whether it just be, you know, just mom and pops, commas commas in the bank. Just having having money. Just having money. Exactly. So, we wanted to put forward a market entry point via a new license that didn't exist yet um, for folks to get on this, to get into this market and make some real money, make some real capital gains. Um, and the way we looked at doing that, the way we're currently doing doing that is with a cannabis delivery license that is available exclusively to social equity applicants who hold no other license for a set period of time. Um, and the idea there being is we wanted to limit competition as much as possible while st- still serving the needs of Vermonters who want to get their cannabis delivered. So we currently have delivery for medical patients. Mm-hmm. Um, this would expand that to the recreational market as well as medical patients. Um, and, uh, you know, again, this is something where the cost is relatively low compared to opening up a retail brick and mortar shop. And the specialized knowledge is also relatively low. So you look at some of these growers in Vermont who have been doing this for 20, 30 years. It's it's incredible the knowledge that they possess. Yeah. You know, I've seen it firsthand. Um, these guys, these these women, they're they're like they're wizards at their craft. They're, it's, it's wizards. It's insane. I, I've had Nick Smith on from Emerald Vision, and I've had his flower before, and it's just exquisite yeah. just the looks of it and the amount of it's 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 crazy the amount of space he has and can grow the amount that he has and how he's manipulated the plants and how he has figured out the formula instead of going down pouring a gallon he knows how much to put on it when to put on it you know and that's a lot of the knowledge that uh, the it's it's passed around like Sean Mosley, like all these individuals with this knowledge, and it's crazy like they've had to you know uh, hide it, you know what I'm saying? But it's like their time now is like okay, now the 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 covers off, let's go, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, that's awesome. How do you feel, or what do you say? I would say. And if y'all don't want to answer this question, any questions that y'all don't want to answer, I can, you know, get them edited out. But what do you say to the people who who think about delivery, like driving cannabis around? You know what I'm saying? Because 
I'm not playing devil's advocate, but it does have That's that. That's very important thing to that, do, though. Yeah, playing it's, devil's advocate. Yeah, it's it's you're 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 transporting from here to there, and at one point in time, people get transporting from here to there, and that was considered trafficking. You know what I'm saying? So, how do you feel, or what do you say to the people like to to change that mentality? Well, we don't want to change that mentality. We want to say. Why not do something you've been doing illegally, legally, and be able to tax it and actually build generational wealth for your family that's not in a shoebox under your bed? Mm -hmm. I mean, the reality of the situation is most people get their weed delivered from the weed man. Like, it is what it is. And I mean, most people have to travel to get that. You know, mm-hmm. so why not make it into a lucrative legal business now? That's true. Like, I don't want to change your mind. I, I want that mindset. Right. I want you that, but I wanted to have it on the legal end. Yeah. You know, I don't. I don't feel we need to change the mindset because that's what y'all been doing illegally anyway. Yeah. You know, now we ain't got to be worried about the cops. We just got to worry we about. We got to look in the rear view mirror. You know yeah. exactly. You know, and and now if something happens, you have legal grounds to do something about it now. Like if something like, God forbid. You get robbed. You got insurance now to cover that. Now yeah. it ain't a loss no more. You know, oh, I got to take that yeah, L. I got to take, <laughs> take that L. <laughs> you know, I got to yeah, take that yeah. L. You know, it ain't that no more. Now, but you know, oh, I can call my insurance company and I yeah. think, you know, you know. So I don't even think it's, it's more so changing their mind. It's more so broadening it, yeah. making it bigger. Mm-hmm. You know, like at the end of the day, when we all talk about, you know, they know generational wealth is big for me. Nice. I don't have it. I'm trying to be the first person in, in my family to start that step in school. Talk that shit, You know, just to start it, you know? I know I ain't going to be here to see it, but I want to at least start uh, it. Yeah. And the reality is these illegal legacy market people, that we, that's what they like to call them, legacy market people, they're not looking at the bigger picture. Like, at the end of the day, if you stay illegal... Like, what are you leaving your kids? Money under the shoebox. They can't do nothing with that unless you want them to get into your illegal family mm-hmm. business. Then what is that teaching them? Facts. But when you actually have a business that you can pass down, they can do something with that. Right. Yeah. They can do something with legit money. They, You know, mm-hmm. they can go places. They can That could be their next stepping stool to get to the next one. So by the, the third, fourth generation, we can actually say, oh, we actually have some type of generational wealth. Because mm-hmm. I don't know nobody around me that has that right mm-hmm. now. And that's what we all need to be looking for. Yeah. And if we start it now, we might can see something by the third or fourth generation. Yeah, that's right. And, that, and, that's, and that was one of the things I like to ask people is, do you plan on passing this along to your kids? Because it's like, what, like I remember family members, like I said, so, um, yeah, I hide it. You know what I'm saying? But now, do, do how do y'all feel about that? Like, I mean, obviously, it's fine. <laughs> like, you, you, generational wealth is not just for you. It's for five four or five generations down the line in this realm. So like what do y'all what do you think, Ella, about now nah, how do you feel about like having like like if you was to have children? Like what do you think about passing it down to your kids? Passing Vermont normal though? Well no, just like say if you owned a dispensary. Oh, oh. or you own you was a grower or something like that. Like how would you feel about teaching your teaching your child the ways of the growing? That is kind of an abstract question to me because i've never been like in the position of having a business passed down to me mm-hmm. um but i think i would i, I would definitely want to keep that in the family mm-hmm. you know like kind of like a family business thing yeah. um but i think that there's two equally viable routes to go that way when building generational wealth you can yeah, yeah. pass the business right to your kids let them create that more for themselves or sell it invest and like do whatever you can with the money and then pass the cold hard or not cold hard cash, but the the contents of your bank account yeah. to your kids. I think it could go either way. Um, but 
It's a good question. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it depends on the kids, honestly, if they want to pick up the business. Yeah. But I could see that happening in the industry yeah. with dispensaries and farms. And She's hit it right on the head because that's exactly what it is. Like when I say starting that generational wealth, I don't mean like if I'm in the cannabis business, my child needs to be in the cannabis business. No, she can... I, Take that money and say she want to open up a veterinarian mm-hmm. shop or a or, 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 or restaurant. Mm-hmm. I, I help that. Designer. Right. Yeah. I help build that next gap. Yeah. I, you know, that next day. She ain't got to be in the cannabis business. They ain't got to be in nothing I'm doing. Mm-hmm. But they could take what I did and build from there and keep mm-hmm. going. You you set the 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 groundwork. Yes. You know what I'm saying? And it wasn't an issue for them to follow their dream. Because a lot of us have not had the opportunity to oh, I want to be a I want to be a saxo me I want to be a saxophone player I always thought like being ah oh, man what I could play saxophone every full moon in front of the you know what I'm saying yeah. but I never got that opportunity because I didn't I wasn't as fortunate enough to have you had to survive I had to, you had was, to worry about survival. it was either either you gonna eat this sandwich and have somewhere warm to sleep or I'm gonna buy you this saxophone you yeah. choose you know what I'm saying basically you ha- we 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 live on survival exactly and I want my my kids and their next generation not to have to live on survival I want yeah. them to be able to live with their dreams mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what they wanted to do. what they wanted to do. I don't even care what it let's is. create some more, let's create pe- happy people <laughs> exactly. the next generation because that's why a lot of people right. ain't happy because they in positions they don't want to be in but they need to be there to survive yeah mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, let's let's create some more happy people in the next generation to come. I like that. If we can do that in the cannabis industry for people, I mean, that's what we're here to do. That's yeah. that's that's a dream come true. Yeah. I mean, yeah. to get back to what you were saying, as far as like why we with the delivery bill, I mean, when we when we looked at it and we're like, okay, great, they got cultivators, they got retailers, they got manufacturers, all of that is great. But let's talk about this. This is supposed to help the social equity and disproportionate and people that were impacted. How? Like, oh, you get the the fee reduction, or right? Like, but, the, but like, like how? Because if I don't have the land to grow, or the money to buy the land to grow, or I don't have the money to buy this building to build it into a retail. Wait, I don't. I don't have the money to open up a lab or a manufacturer. How exactly am me as a social equity person supposed to get involved? Right. How? Right. So we're like, what? What can we do? So the lowest cost barrier to us to get involved was delivery service. Mm-hmm. Like if you like, let's present something for them that can actually be attainable, and mm-hmm. and that helps people across the spectrum. I mean, beyond folks who want to get into this market, maybe don't have the capital or the knowledge to do so. Mm-hmm. Um, it helps medical patients by increasing the availability of delivery. It helps consumers. It helps the, the public safety aspect. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're sitting here living in Burlington, I don't necessarily face this problem because I can walk to the dispensary. Yeah. But if you're sitting here in Jeffersonville and you want to go to the dispo and you've already smoked a couple spliffs, a couple joints, a yeah. couple of hits, you're getting behind the wheel, you're a little intoxicated. Yeah. This delivery takes that out. This takes that risk away from that. Mm. You can have it delivered to your door without, you know, Getting behind the wheel. Yeah, you're gonna want to smoke before when you let me let me see what this tastes like on the way. You know what I'm saying? So if it's brought to you, it kind of takes that that element out of it of the possibility of getting a DUI because of you know you got pulled over yeah. smelling. You know what I'm saying? I, I mean, and let's not to mention also it helps 
the cultivators a lot as well because it helps them get their products to further places, yes. to other places, into and more I, hands. Exactly. And like you said, this is for medical patients as well. A lot of people can't even leave their house to go get it. So they got to send somebody to go get it or something of that nature. So this is a service that they can utilize themselves to bring what they need to them and their front door and kind of cut back on that DUI. Because that's one thing, like, I'm not a... I'm not a huge drinker, but we have bars everywhere. But I don't think like it was ever thought about like, yeah, let's put a bar in the middle of nowhere and sell them alcohol. (laughs) And then, yeah, like, and then let them drive home. Everyone. No one walk. Yeah, no, no. I've never, I've I've seen one drunk guy walking. And that's because he had an accident up the road. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? It's like, like you expect people, you giving people, like, I ain't gonna say too much power, but you, you giving them too much rope that's gonna easily hang themselves. You right. know what I'm right. saying? Absolutely. And, you know, it, like, with cannabis, though, it's been shown, although any scientific research on cannabis is very limited, as we know, because of the federal prohibition on it but it has been shown by studies one of them done by normal the national group that when cannabis is legalized recreationally um rates of duis rates fatal crash rates um all these horrible things do not go up Mm. um so you know we we know we we push the public safety aspect because it's an important part of this bill phil scott made it a very like a very important facet of why he passed it he wanted good public safety measures we still haven't seen that really um in the terms of like they have saliva, <coughs> saliva tests for cars they're thinking about doing thank god we haven't seen that yet this addresses that while still being knowledgeable of the facts that you know dui or like intoxicated driving does not go up when states yeah. pass recreational cannabis that's good yeah. that's what's up man yeah y'all so like how what would y'all think like would it be a maximum to drive with or like a maximum order and then would and the person obviously would be licensed to carry right up to a certain amount right and be a now when i when now when i think about it like would, would it be like one delivery like i would drive say if the three of y'all called mm-hmm. and i got to go by a f and m mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying everybody lives this would would i have to go to a, then come back and get F's, and then come back and get M's, or... It will all depend on the contract with whoever you're dealing with. Ooh. You know, so if you're the driver for a retail spot, or more than one retail spot, yeah, yeah. you should be able to pick up and then come do your deliveries. But it also depends on maybe the retailer don't want you to do it like that. Mm-hmm. So it would be based on the contract you have with the delivery service, or based on the contract you have with the cultivator, or the lab, yeah. or the manufacturing company. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it will, it will all depend. Yeah. And also, it's going to largely depend on what the powers that be decide is what's best, too. Correct. That's got to come first. Yeah. So we we have written this language. Mm-hmm. It is, luckily, our sponsor, shout out Senator Vyhovsky, she has taken our language and hit Command-C, Command-V, copy and paste. And we're very happy about that. Yeah. Very minimal changes to the language that we put forward. Um, but it's very bare bones leaving a lot of room for interpretation, that being one of them. So in other states where you have delivery, um, there are certain rules like you have to have two drivers in the car at all times. 
which is tough, makes it very high labor costs, yeah. also high insurance costs. Things, security, cameras, GPS locator, locked box in the back of the car, separate from the driver, like what you have in, you know, vans. You can't physically, you couldn't even reach back and grab it. Things like that all have to be debated and discussed. We would love it so that drivers can deliver multiple orders at once. It's better for the environment. It's better for the business. It's more efficient. Going back and forth and back and forth. You with have all that stuff in play, the two yeah. drivers, the cameras, the GPS, we're okay with all of that. Just want to make that clear. Oh, right. yeah. To me, it's the safety first. Absolutely. Yeah, facts. Yeah, safety no, first. Safety is an absolutely important part of this. and something we've talked about quite a bit. And, um, you know, we want to ensure the safety of, of the drivers and everybody else while still having, um, you know, the interests of small business owners in mind come into a balance. And that's what we're really looking forward to having that debate um, in Montpelier and seeing what the final product is going to be of this delivery uh, mechanism that we're putting forward. Yeah. Yeah, it's dope. It's it's always good to have people like it's safety first. Yeah, we understand why you need these things and we're not arguing these things, but we need these things to make these things happen. You know what I'm saying? Right. I mean, you know, I hate to keep saying it, but you know, coming from, you know, Brooklyn. Nah. You know, coming I from- feel like that's good. No, you don't don't never not want to say that because you're in Vermont. Right. Vermont wouldn't understand uh I think that's my where's my phone. Vermont wouldn't understand um how Brooklyn operates unless or how Chicago operates or how Florida Right, right. <laughs> they wouldn't know that because Vermont, it, it's very well sheltered from that it's stuff. It has its own bubble. It has its own, yes, its own bubble. So somebody coming from the outside, to they need that. So please. It, yeah, so, you know, I'm looking at all the ways things exactly, can go bad. I'm exactly. thinking of all the ways somebody can scheme you and can get over me up and do and, that. Exactly. You know, let me just, let me just uh, add a little asterisk to Sherelle's role. I'd say that's like a, a big part of Sherelle's role too is like, I wouldn't say devil's advocate, but you're always thinking about like, what are they going to say to push She's back on us? Like, what, what do we have to come yeah. here to? You know, because we heard it all. You know, we have heard it all. All yeah. the reason and the excuses and the nonsense and the drum. So when, you know, when we're talking about something, I'm like, yeah, but they're going to say this. And we yeah. need that because if we can't learn the enemy, how are we supposed to defeat them? Exactly. You know? So that's what I have to know that enemy. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I start thinking about like, how they going to, how they, wait a minute, Emmy, give you an example. Like when we talk about the war on drugs, I have to stop them. Wait a minute. Not everybody felt like it was a war on drugs. Yeah. <laughs> Let's, let's yeah. start there. Yeah. Like, you can't even put that on there. Like, that's a definite for everybody. I'm always like, the failed war on drugs. Oh, yeah. I was like, like, you gotta watch your language. language right, yeah. because to some people, that it succeeded. It, it, yeah, it, it right. did what it was supposed to do. Yeah. It gave what needed to be given. They you took the see? majority off the streets that looked that didn't look like them. Okay. That was the yeah. whole point. All right. Even though they, yeah. they titled it the war on drugs, it might have been the war on something else, but either yeah. way, it got the point across. Yeah. So we can't say that the war on drugs. Not everybody feels that way. Mm-hmm. Not everybody feels that there's racism. There's not everybody feels this. Not everybody feels so we try to keep them mm-hmm. in mind like mm-hmm. when we're t- you can't automatically assume somebody on that lane like, hey yeah. we gotta get you back over here as well <laughs> cause that's I, I mean I haven't ran I have ran into that numerous amount of times just in my walks of life is that racism is over yeah like it's it's not anymore it's not anymore yeah like y'all got what y'all wanted you know what I'm saying and it's and it's, and it's crazy because not a lot of that language comes from a bad place it comes from ignorance like they don't understand they was they wasn't raised to see that type of things that we've been through that you was raised in a bubble 
okay. know what I'm saying? Whether that was the suburbs or a whole state of bubble, right. you know? But in so, the bubble. Exactly. So it's, yeah, man. Yeah, and it takes you to actually be around other individuals to notice that. Like, since you guys been around me, I'm sure y'all seen some situations that you're like, wait a minute, yeah. you know? Henry's Diner. Oh. I'll never forget that. In other places? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, where I'm treated and they're like, wait, yeah. what's going on? And I'm like, oh, you're noticing? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you see? So it, it's like we need that type of paying attention to what's going on when we have these discussions because we, we don't want to, we want to be real with what we're saying. Yeah. We, we want to be factual in what we're saying. But because we know that we're not the ones holding the cards, we don't want to offend either because then, you know, some people, regardless of what, they cannot control their biases. And if you cross someone or they feel a certain way about something you said, they're not trying to hear anything you're saying after that. Mm -hmm. So we have to come off as neutral as possible without being fake, without being phony, but knowing our audience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And understanding, I understand why you think these things, Mm -hmm. but this is how we think. Mm -hmm. Given your perspective, and that's one of, and I I think I said that they have to be able to listen because a lot of people, they don't listen to podcasts because they're just sitting there talking. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And you need to listen to what they're saying. That's where the content is, and that's how changes is made, and that's how things come about from listening. Exactly. And I try to tell them all the time, like, you know, once someone hears something they don't like, listening cuts right off. Absolutely. Yeah, it cuts right All off. So if you just stick to the facts, not emotions, right. not your feelings, just the facts. Right. Even if they cut off, they heard the facts and they can go back and fact check that. Right. Mm-hmm. They ain't got to hurry your thoughts. <laughs> yeah, but the facts is there. In here, I'm saying, bitch. <laughs> I'm like, but, but if you just listen, mm-hmm. and these are the things that's been set in place mm-hmm. that has been proven to work. Mm-hmm. And not just here, it's been other places. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, man. Right. They just got to get on the listen. Do you guys think at some point we should maybe like do an overview of like what actually like drives? Because I feel like there's got to be some people out there that are like, what are they talking about with the disproportionate impact and like what it generational wealth? Like, um, do you think it's worth our time to like maybe glaze over like or not glaze over, but like overview? Yes. Like the history. And the reason I feel, I mean. Well, know. I was going to say what I heard her say is let's not assume people know what we're talking about. Yes. Let's yeah. know what we're talking right. about. A, yeah, a lot of people what are like, what are you talking about? There's no black people in Vermont. Like, why do you care so much? And it's like, exactly. you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's what I was going to say. Like, yeah. they don't, it's unintentional ignorance. Mm. Like, mm-hmm. they don't understand why, well, we're both human. Mm-hmm. We both can have the same opportunities. It's the colorblind the, mentality. Exactly. Yeah. I don't see color. Well, right. motherfucker, you should. Yeah, maybe <laughs> you know? try to. Yeah. And that'll help you understand right. where uh, the motive behind what we're doing. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. The drive behind. Because you don't see it. Yeah, you're, you were raised with horses. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, it's one of the things I find like people to be richer. You got horses, yeah. you got money. Because yeah. horses... They, they suck money. They don't get money. <laughs> you can't just they own just, a horse casually. You, yeah, yeah. You can't just have, like, I, I seen this guy. He has, like, five horses. And he was like, I got to bring my horses in. And he just brought them into a barn and fed them and left them. <laughs> and I'm like, so, so, so what are you doing with these horses? <laughs> like, they're giant dogs. Taking care of them. That's it. He's but, done. <laughs> I mean, I mean, shout out to everybody who got horses and whatnot. I ain't, I ain't hating on you, but 
Just know I know you got money. <laughs> I mean, that's right. I know I like to say people like I don't uh, when they say I don't see color, well then you don't see me. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Ooh, yeah. you don't, don't see, see me. me. Mm-mm. Mm. Damn, that's deep. That's real. It's real though. Facts. Because to, to disregard my colors is disregarding my, my, my life, my, my struggles, my obstacles, everything I've overcome, everything yep. that has been well made Sherelle Sherelle. Mm-hmm. If you don't see my color. Mm-hmm. You don't see color. You shouldn't be embracing my color. What do you mean you don't see it? I'm going to say that shit the next time. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. What you mean? What you mean? I you am not a me? shadow, sir. I am here. I'm not here. You know, I'm not here. What you mean you don't see hey, me? Like, that's, that's, just, that's just, that's a way to cut the conversation short. That's yeah. That's yeah. all it is. That's when people say that to me, that's just the way I either made you uncomfortable or something happened. Something and I said made you uncomfortable. Exactly. Yeah. So your response is, that's your way of trying to cut the conversation yeah. short. So when they were like, I don't see color, but what do you see? Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. You what think that you? we have the same life? Basically, mm-hmm. like you think that we're cut from the same cloth? Because mm-hmm. like... We may be standing next to each other in the same place right now, but we did not take the same journey to get here. Exactly, which means you're not appreciating me. And then how can I appreciate you? Because to appreciate me is appreciate all of me. My color, everything that come with me, that's getting to know and wanting to know me. But once you say, like, I don't see color, you just cut the conversation off. Facts. Yep. That's right. <laughs> Think about you it. See, you don't see. You better see me. <laughs> you, better. I, you can't miss me. <laughs> what you mean? <laughs> what you mean? That's it. Well, look. I want to thank y'all for coming out and like just expressing what y'all got on, got going on. Thanks for having like, us. The the like I can't. I don't want to. I can't express how much like I can see this like like a movement. People like us and people in this community need people like y'all because they don't have that knowledge. You know what I'm saying? They don't know what they need. They don't know. They just know if they hit a stopping point, they're like, well, I don't know where to go from here. Mm. I can go do it the bad way or I can go do it the illegal way rather. So it's good that there's a group, VT Normal, that has people's backs that want to change and 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 be on the right side and things like that absolutely it's been such a beautiful journey i have learned more in these last two years working with these fine folks and with our members and the in the in the community as a whole i've learned more doing that than i have all four years of university it's crazy (laughs) that's great like for real and it's it's been such it's an experience that i cherish and and i'm gonna look back on later in life and be like wow like so i was part of that i was part of that right yeah. right and right. like you know to be able to say like i started something and we started something and that like it legitimately touched the lives of other people is it's a beautiful thing because like i'm, I'm up very much of the belief that like i having you know been gone to college i should use that education for the betterment of others mm-hmm. as opposed mm-hmm. to the advancement of myself mm. i should be putting other i should be using the education as a resource to help other people who might not be able to have access to that education. Mm. And I, because th- I believe that, you know, I mean, and it's true, education is, is the biggest driver of like upward mobility. And we should be using it as a tool, put it on to, you know, use that knowledge to help other people. Yeah, yeah. And um, I'm very happy that I'm able to like look around me in this room and then elsewhere and say, like, you know what, I'm really doing that. So, so really- and let me just say, we don't get paid, right. but that's how we get paid. That's There's good. no money that comes into our pockets through this. Um, except for into our normal bank account that goes towards events and stuff. But that is how we get paid through knowing that like there is a difference being made and we're able to like have at least somewhat of an impact on a community that 
clearly needs it because like yeah. i mean vermont should really be the last place that gets swallowed by corporate weed mm. right. and like vermont is always looking out or like theoretically looking out for its citizens and its most vulnerable i mean overall there are a lot of great um social policies in this state a lot of them maybe aren't fostered as well as they need to be but like mm. this is the state that you would think like is the pretty receptive to stuff yeah. that we're doing and um it goes for like obviously you know we we recognize and we are driven by the um incredible racial disparities in this state mm -hmm. um but you know we want to see all marginalized people like have a home in this community and this industry and it's it's really important to us that yeah. corporate greed does not win out over the vulnerable populations that I'll, deserve to be part of this I'll punch corporate in his face yep, i've been waiting to punch corporate in come his here face. corporate let me yeah. punch you in that face <laughs> like please kick you in the shin and whatnot <laughs> right right and we want to make sure that any like the rules and the regulations and the laws that's put in place are beneficial yeah, yeah. to all involved and not in the long run how we've seen certain policies and things put in place end up hindering and hurting mm -hmm. one group of people while certain pushing groups. up everybody no. else. Yes. No. So we want to make sure that that doesn't happen in this yeah. market yeah. as much as possible. And, you know, I'm pretty sure there's things that may fall through the cracks and, and if anybody that's out there, they they see or hear anything fall, mm -hmm. contact VT you know, yeah. Let yes. us know what's yes. going on. Exactly. You know, because, you know, we, we're human and we, we got our hands in so many pots that we might miss something and we don't want to miss it. Yeah. So please, we're an open door. Call us, email us, text us, send a bird, a kite, a plane. Mm -hmm. Let us know what's going on. Exactly. So you know, because we we want to we want to help the people that have not been helped. Yes, yes. In a nutshell, you know, and and that's just the goal that we're going to stay on, and the goal that we try to work hard for, and to remember that you know, giving voices to the people that never had a voice. That's it. And you know what? Giving help to the people who haven't been helped that is a promise, not in direct quotations, that the state of Vermont has made mm -hmm. in this cannabis industry. Say it again, just so they say it again. We want to help the people who have not been helped. Mm, that's awesome, man. And we want to hold the state accountable for the words that they have put on paper mm. and passed through both chambers in Montpelier to make sure that those words hold true, such as you know providing assistance to folks who've been disproportionately impacted, whether it be technical, business, um, making sure that the money, the grants from the Cannabis Business Development Fund are adequately distributed amongst people. Um, it's happening. It is. In the last CCB meeting, they talked about it. And um, there's a lot to unpack there with that. Yeah. Um, but it is happening finally. I mean, like, we're talking about people starting their business up four or five months after it already opened. Yeah. People have been at this for years. So years, it's about right. damn time. Yeah. And I want to add in, Chris, that when you ask, like, what we what we're doing, like how we're helping. Like when the first rules and regulations and stuff came out, we went through that with a fine yeah. tooth comb and we went over a lot of things and we found that a lot of the things that they had at the time in place was not realistic, mm -hmm. not going to help or even want a person that was illegal to become legal. And we sat down with, you know, the cannabis control board and people and we discussed those things, you know, like I can give you an example, like a simple thing, like when they were saying, oh, if someone in your family member has been incarcerated for a drug charge and stuff like that, then you could classify as a social equity applicant. Well, let's dig into that. What does that mean? Someone like my mom or my dad or whatever. OK, so now I start thinking about 
let's go back to Brooklyn, right? Mm-hmm. Huh. I think I only know three people I grew up with who daddy was on their birth certificate. Mm. So how am I going to prove that that my daddy went to jail if he ain't even on the birth certificate? Why is he not on the birth certificate? Oh, because if he was on the birth certificate, then the government would have went after him for child support. And then my mama wouldn't have been able to get welfare and the help that she needed to raise me because they're not allowed to have a male in a home because then they wouldn't get benefits. So therefore, he couldn't sign the birth certificate because then the government had been chasing him. Oh, so now fast forward, that's hindering me because I can't prove that that's my dad. But he was in jail. Yeah. That's right. It's just a little example of how, you know, the how the hood operates. No, it's how the hood. That's all I was about to say. It's how it operates. They're like, oh, if your your stepfather went to jail, how am I prove that's my stepdaddy? You know, in the hood, nobody went to the courthouse and wrote on no paperwork. It's just new daddy moved in and that was daddy now. daddy. (laughs) How am I prove that? (laughs) These are the things we brought up to them. Like, let's just be real. Y'all talking about the minorities and then, you know, these my people. This is is how we live. This is how we live. Like, this is how this works. We're not looking on the price of weed.com to see what was sold for. We know know what it is. You know, know, it was things like that. So we just want to make sure that when rules and stuff get put on the on the table like I said from we said in the beginning it's mm-hmm. realistic yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's attainable for mm-hmm. the people that y'all claim are trying to help yeah, mm-hmm. that's you know that's good that's yeah. good y'all keep 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 that keep that mindset and keep it pushing like I know it's a lot of people that's behind y'all and a lot of people that want y'all to succeed and you know I'm one of them because these are these, these are things that need to be done and things that need to be taught to people who say that they make the laws and they need to know what needs to take place yeah. to not to affect to affect everybody and not affect certain people. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. yeah, y'all keep y'all keep the movement alive. You know what I'm saying? Thank but before you. so before we go, I like to talk I like to ask people we I ain't gonna say we serious, but I like to ask people a couple questions about cause we all consume in this room. So I would like to know what your consuming preferences is, you know what I'm saying? So uh mm-hmm. Blunts, wraps, or papers? Between the three? Paper and blunts kind of guy, personally. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What about you, Sherelle? I'm a zigzag joint girl. Zigzag. Them orange boxes. Oh, no, the black zigzag kings. Oh, the black. Oh, you like oh, the, the long boy. Here's <laughs> <laughs> a boy. <laughs> you got any bamboos lying around? I haven't smoked a bamboo in a long I, time. Look, I'm, I ain't going to lie, man. I'm a backwoods. I recently oh, I got back in the backwoods. Like when I was younger. Uh, um, Oh man, Marlena came over for my mm-hmm. first podcast, and I hadn't smoked the backwood in forever. And I seen her rolling up, and I was like, mm, "It's so nostalgic." Mm-hmm. Well, I, sister, did you have a yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was, we was talking. My wife was in there, and she was talking. She was like, "Don't watch me roll the backwood." And I remember everybody used to say, "Don't be watching me." Yeah. <laughs> In my smoker young days, it, it started as White Owls, White, then it moved to Phillies, Phillies, and then it ended in Duchess. Oh, my God. <laughs> Phillies, peaches, the Philly peach oh, one. Yeah. Oh my or God. the White Grape. Oh, the White Grape. Mm, the white grape. Mm, that was a hard That was a hard second to that, to the peach. I just I would just remember the, the peach smell. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, so great. Yeah. And it tasted good, too. So it tasted I, roll, too. Oh, yeah. If you know how to roll, if you know how to roll, mm-hmm. it, yeah, you're yeah. yeah. Like a Scooby snacks, you get the nice aroma from the. Yeah. Ah man, I wish we had some peach fillers. I give you a teaser. Guess who taught me to roll? Who? My grandmother. Yo, that's great. <laughs> oh yeah, she said, "Oh, you smoke? You know how to roll? Well, you won't smoke until you learn." Hey, mm-hmm. I remember an old head. 
Because I would always like, you know, hey, I got some weed. You want to roll up? And he'd be like, you don't know how to roll. <laughs> and I'd be like, yeah, I know how to roll. And it was like, well, roll the joint then. And I was like, oh, shit. I don't know what to do with this. And he was the coolest. He was like, get here, get here. Mm -hmm. You know, he, he was driving. He had this uh, Chevy Nova. He was driving with, with his, his knees. Oh, yeah. He was breaking it up. And he held it and he licked it and did something like Ooh, that. And what? had the perk. Man, I was mind blown. <laughs> I was like, That's what type That's of wizardry is that? Yeah. I still ain't learned how to do it. Yeah. I just tried to do it a couple days ago. It did work. It went everywhere. <laughs> just ripped the paper and everything. Mm -hmm. That's so, one of those skills that we, you know, you gotta, not coming to hand too often, but when it does, he, he was an old head. Role. Yeah, he yeah. was an old head, so he had been doing it for. He a while. like, I invented this. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you want to see something cool? Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's his party trick. That's it. Well, look this question I gotta change it because the past two or three guests that I've came on they've been like it's no such thing so I'm only asking this question but we gonna I gotta it's it's sativas indicas or hybrids there was like there's no true sativa or there's no true everything true is a hybrid mm -hmm. of everything but let's just say that it is okay. for this instance Indica. yeah Indie baby, yeah. all that. Mm -hmm. What about you, Sherelle? Mm, you know, I'm old school, and we didn't even come up with had none of them names. We didn't even I was know. smoking, we yeah. didn't know what it was. Listen, is it skunk? Is it hey. rig? What is it? Is it got her on it? Uh -huh. <laughs> you know, is it that, is it that diesel? It's got the gas. Yeah. Okay, that's what I know. So I, I would have said, it don't matter to me. Yeah, that's it. It's, it's, it will do its, it's good. job. They don't give you a headache, yeah. and it don't smell like a burning seed. Yeah. It's good. Exactly. Or like cat piss. No, Ooh, no. Yeah. you know that was a thing. Yeah, yeah, I do. That's why I said Yeah, yeah. I was like, damn, this shit smell like some gas. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I had a girl tell me I was we were smoking and she smelled it. She was like, yo, you need to put this shit out. Mm. I was like, man, it's some fire. Mm. I was like, man, this shit got cat litter in it. <laughs> I was like, cat litter, and then she started breaking it up. And, and showing, showing me, and I was like, and we was in the, and you don't, you don't roll up. You in the car, you won't go roll up at night, smoking. Mm. You ain't looking. No. So you ain't no, paying no. attention what's in there. Showing sure up, she cut the light on right there. It's mm. evil. Yeah. Oh, it's just so substance. She was a air. professional smoker. She knew. No, yeah. I mean, like, the cat <laughs> litter is yeah. evil. They, uh, it's crazy, like, the things that they know just to, like, I remember... There was people like spraying something. I forgot what kind PSR? of chemical. Yeah, PGR, plant Yeah, they was spraying it on it, and it'll like like get you higher and stuff. Like mm -hmm. it was people like people do some crazy shit. Yeah, with I don't you. like none of that. Yeah. I don't want none of that. I'm finding disrespectful. I want my money back. I might try to fight you. So <laughs> check <laughs> this out. So check this out. I went up to this um, some good friend's house, and uh, this was like maybe a couple couple years ago. And I bought some. He showed he showed it to us like that shit like some gas. I want it. And his mother, that she was just dappering in the smoking, and she hit it a couple times and got super high. Mm. And like she doesn't smoke that much. And then she ended up getting sick. Oh. And she ended up throwing up and having to be like and it's it's weed. Mm. Come on, it's it's Maybe weed. Maybe not. And then that's when I started realizing, like, even though that was my boy. That I got it from. Where'd you get it from? Yeah, and then where did they get it from? Yeah, and what 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 all went into this? And then that's when I started really exploring growing my own. Nice. You know what I'm saying? Well, I, 
Because if you grow your own, I know what I put in. You know what you put yeah. in. I know what I know what I'm doing. It yeah. ain't none of that crazy. Right. You know what I'm See, saying? And that was my grandmother's purpose and why she told yep. me how to roll. Yep. She's like, you don't smoke no blunt that you ain't seen that roll. You ain't seen mm-hmm. roll. And you roll your own stuff. So mm-hmm. when you seeing it, you seeing it. And then she always tell you, and your first hit is a light hit, and you don't inhale, you blow it on the tip of your tongue. If it go numb, you, you whoop ass on the next that, person that you mm-hmm. got it from. Bam, we can go. For, I can, I, whoo, I can <laughs> tell you a story about that. <laughs> You better watch when they light it up and see that smoke drop. It's like how yeah. it how it drop, how yeah, it, the yeah. color of it, the and everything. Of if it sparks, it's so mm. many cues. But you know, yeah. that comes with cannabis knowledge, knowledge. and ex, ex, experience and stuff exactly. like that. Thank God I had uh, someone in my family that was like, "Okay, this is what you're gonna do. This is what it is." Yeah. Well, a lot of people didn't have that because it was so taboo back then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's another thing that we're trying to break. That we want to talk about these things. We right. want to be like, "Yeah, this is if you." Hit it and it turn your tongue numb when you start feeling a tingle, it ain't right. That ain't that ain't what we that ain't what it is. That ain't what supposed to be. You <laughs> know, wanna, wanna take a new approach to substance prevention, substance right. misuse prevention. Mm-hmm. That's right. kind of exactly what we're talking about. It's giving even especially teens the tools that they need to overcome the root cause of the issue, why they might turn to drugs in the first place. Mm-hmm. Let's not just say, you know, this stuff is bad for you, gateway drug, all that shit. None of that. Right. Let's talk about the root cause of the problem, whether it's happening at home, whether it's happening in the world around you. Relationships, Relationships whatever it is. Right. right. Like, or you could just be a smoker. So let me teach you how to be responsible about yeah. it. Yeah, like, I, I have responsible parents. Like, I was allowed to smoke in my home. Yeah. Right. Because why? Because one, I'm from, you know, the hood. And, you know, back in the, in the eight nineties, on drugs. So if you got caught, you was going to jail. Yeah. So my parents like, oh, no, you ain't yeah. gonna be out on the street smoking. You want to smoke? You got a room. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I couldn't invite no about other kids to my, in my room to yeah. smoke. Like, yeah, we shouldn't play none of that. Like I ain't their mama. Nah, but you know, you I was allowed. I was allowed, and I was taught well, and I was taught certain things, and right. and I think that's how I was able to survive. Yeah, yeah. facts. Because I uh, and that's I, I remember being. It was a group of. It was a few ladies that like I was growing up. That was all right. You can come here and smoke, but don't be going. Y'all can't go nowhere. Y'all can't do nothing. Y'all go in the basement. Mm. Smoke. My don't be smoking upstairs. Go in the basement. Smoke. Stay down there. We got a little food here. You can eat. But but it was a lot of people growing up like that. That was like don't be don't be coming here smelling like weed. You know what I'm saying? Because if you smell like weed. And you burned it already. You drove here and smoked. Mm-hmm. Yep. So you gonna get your shit, come here. There are like four or five ladies that would do that. Like like mm-hmm. motherly figures in the hood. That would be my you know family. Saying? Like, yeah, like I said, no friends could nobody could come mm-hmm. in unless they knew your mom knew you smoked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> then yeah. you can get like, did you tell your mama? Either yeah. you tell your mama, yeah. I'm gonna tell your mama because you ain't coming up in here. Like, not until we had a conversation with your mama. Right. You know, and so yeah. It, it so yeah, I grew up like that. Like yeah. so yeah. I was responsible with it. So it was never me sneaking, never me, you know, doing nothing crazy because I didn't have to. Yeah, and yeah. i I feel really blessed to this day for that. For you know? that. Having yeah. that. Yeah. I was raised like in a Christian household. Like Me too. Weed is weed is the devil. Yeah. The devil's lettuce. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's always oh, the I bad. Heard it in such a long time. I, <laughs> the devil's lettuce. The devil's lettuce. Left hand cigarettes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But that's the way I was raised. And I and I thought that for a long time. And then when I hit like a lot of my friends was smoking, and I'm like, I remember the first time I smoked, it was with my cousin. Mm. And he was like, you smoke weed? And I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you said it with your chest. Hell yeah, I smoked. He was like, you get some? I was like, I, I don't know. My boy, he said he, he ain't got right it. right now. Yeah. Yeah. He don't got it. But I remember the first time I hit it, I was so high. And me and my cousin, it was me, my little cousin, and my older cousin. And 
us two youngins is just sitting there blowed. And he looking at us like, y'all motherfuckers ain't never smoked before. <laughs> Look at y'all. Go on. And then he would only let us smoke with him. And then as it, it grew, like we started, I mean, yeah, we used to do some stupid shit. But uh, we, we found like a homestead to go mm -hmm. to, 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 to smoke and be to safe. chill yeah. and be in a good environment it's you know? one of the beautiful things it can be such a ritualistic yeah, you yeah. know you got your time and your place that's how 420 got started it was a ritual for some kids out in seattle yeah. there's so many different stories with that but you know i just think it's a beautiful thing come back kick back after work every day yeah. like having up, a beer. relax yeah it's like having a, a glass of wine yeah. mm -hmm. if that's not your preference have a whew, what a hard day i'm glad i got this this Jane to help everything go away. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. All right. And for my last question, well, I got one more. But bongs, concentrates, or edibles? You said bongs, concentrates, or edibles? I didn't mean to say bongs. I wrote bongs. Well, but I'm, it's not supposed to be there. So you're but limiting our options. That was written in the stars because I myself am a huge lover of the bong. So maybe that was the wrong question, but... My answer is bomb. Either way it goes. Yeah, <laughs> pick the right person. Yeah. What about you? I mean, I have, I've been, um, I've been a joint man, split oh, yeah. man my whole life. So um, splits like real slight with the, with the mix. Yeah. I, you know, we can't, I can't really get up here, but I love Fonto. Oh my God. Yeah. I haven't had that since I was a kid. Yeah. I swear. I didn't mention that to people. And they don't, I've never heard it. Fonta no. League. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. That's when he showed he from the city. <laughs> right? <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, we have one in Connecticut. Where? Yeah. There was oh, that's a, crazy. A, a fair amount of people that I used to smoke with that like Fonta. Man, I wish I could. And it's got to be in a sandwich bag in the full leaf form. I don't yes, want to see no, no no marketing, no labeling nope. on it, none of that. I yeah. want it to be from under the counter. <laughs> I want it to, you know, a couple looks. Like, that's what I want, two, three bucks. But it goes bad quick. That was another thing, too. I have all these, like, bags lying around because, you know, I would just, like, just get a new one. Like, oh, I'll save the one turn to Graba or something. But, man, they, they get nasty real quick. But when yeah, they're yeah. fresh, they're good. Really good. They're so good. that's my preferred way. No filter. Fonto, yeah, yeah, put it in a put it in a raw. Damn man, mm -hmm. it's, oh man, that's so memorable. Yeah. <laughs> what about you? Well, I never had a blunt, a bong, excuse me, until I moved to Vermont. Same. Okay, glass, same. nothing, because you know, city glass. You see, you smoking on that glass dick. I told <laughs> my wife the same <laughs> thing. You know, yeah. so we didn't play that. Like, wait, yep. what's, what's that? I'm not smoking out of that. I, like, mm -mm. man, that's look. what it's interpreted to. <laughs> Anything bong glass related is you smoking crack. Like, yep. I ain't with mm -hmm. it. So I never smoked a bong until I moved to Vermont. Still not my thing. Yeah. Um, they slap you if you don't know what you're doing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I got, I, got, I got asthma, first of all. I got oh, asthma. Yeah. <laughs> the way my asthma is set up, yeah, that ain't for me. I swallow my lungs back right, real like, quick. Right, right. That's, mm, that's not for me. And then, I'm a paranoia, yeah. period. So I'm normally not smoking out a bong because I don't know what you put in it and I don't care who you is. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't, know, I don't know. But, you know, I, I've had, I bought my own bong. I've tried it. Like I said, not for me, my lungs. Yeah. Uh, concentrates, I've just started into trying a concentrate. Put it in a mixed drink, it's kind of pretty good. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. but I prefer good old zigzag joint. Yep. But I'll never forget the first time I hit a dab pen. <sighs> oh walking God. on the street, just like looking at this thing, like there's weed in here. Maybe just being like, this is the future. This is the future. You can go sure anywhere with this. Mm -hmm. It's so discreet. Yep. And here we are. People are smoking crazy. 
crazy stuff. I have. Let me put a ho- oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, thank you. Um, let me just put a hot take out there really quickly. I appreciate and I respect the dab pen lifestyle. My dad is glued to his dab mm-hmm. pen, but I think there's something like it kind of like takes. I, I kind of feel like old saying this because I'm like kids these days they don't get it like they, they can just go to the bathroom and school without the pen I'm like there's a ritual to it like it you is. have to like come up and appreciate like I mean obviously I am I mean I respect that like it's good to have like a safe place to smoke like we were talking yeah, about yeah. before but there I don't know there's some sort of like um what's the word I'm looking for like entrance ceremony into right, like it is right to 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 right Kids don't know that. No, mm-hmm. y'all needed to learn the Fabuloso trick. Yeah, <laughs> oh, the toilet paper roll. No, you take a little Fabuloso to clean the product with some water on the stove and turn it on, and nobody knows what you're doing in there. How did I not ever <laughs> get rid of that? That's, That's a, a, oh. a Latin thing. I'm trying to tell y'all. Mm-hmm. Fair <laughs> enough. Fabuloso. <laughs> Uh, I'm fucked up right now. Good. Yeah. I might just do that tonight. Smell yeah. good. <laughs> you don't even know. How's it? You wouldn't know what's going on in here. Yeah, I just cleaned actually. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I just cleaned clean it. I just cleaned my tub. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like, I tell people like, of course we do not condone. You can cut this out. I'm just speaking for y'all. Nope. We don't condone smoking and driving. But if you're gonna smoke and drive, please don't have fruitful air freshener. Get some clean linen air freshener. Yeah. Yeah. Got, mm-hmm. Oh, I just yeah. dropped my laundry off, officer. What ride you talking about? Ride, ride around with a black. Bag of laundry in your car. Hey, this is a laundry bag. I just came for the laundry. But you see bag. what I'm saying? That's the I same thing. I overused on my detergent. Oh, my, my detergent is just good. It's that gang. It's that gang gang. <laughs> I got that gas got the detergent. detergent in the back. <laughs> Cannabis infused. I, I'm telling you, it works hey, from experience. Hey, nah, I need that. I want that. They need to know. That oh, was the man. that's the move right there. That's the, get the clean linen. That's an excuse you got. Why you kill? I just dropped my laundry. Like my mom, I did my mama laundry. I just dropped it off the hub right before you pulled me out. <laughs> hey, that's dope. And some of it spilled in that's, the car, officer. That's what it smells. <laughs> you know, that's why I smell like it smells. What you like, mean? You know. Oh, well, look for my final question. I like to. I met like a lot of great people in this industry, and a lot of people grew up with wonderful individuals in their life, and I just wanted to know. Y'all have a like a motivational quote that you live by? Yeah, so I have I actually sent this to you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, cause this interview got rescheduled because of the bad weather, so I sent you a couple weeks ago. But uh my late grandfather, my uh, my mother's dad, he you know, he's an incredible human being. He um he has inspired me to do what I was talking about, you know, with education and paying it forward. That comes from him. Mm. And he came up from a family where his parents didn't have more than a fifth grade education. He went out and got himself a PhD. Mm. Slowly in life. He worked his way up to it. Um, but, you know, so what he what he has said is, you know, it's a simple quote of, you know, everybody has a story to tell. And it's our job to listen to it. Mm. And mm. that's how we learn. That's we learn, we, you know, you can sit in the classroom, you can read a textbook all you want. But the real knowledge is going out into the world and hearing people's stories. It's out there. Mm-hmm. It's out yeah. there. Exactly. It's behind those doors. Thanks. And, you know, sometimes you just need to shut the fuck up and listen to what they got to say. Because it's you can do a whole lot of talking, as I'm doing right now. But, you know, 
a lot of the times you will learn so much just from listening to someone's story and hearing their perspective on the issues. And it doubles down on what I was saying before. If we can't learn the enemy, how are we supposed to defeat them? I like that, man. Yeah. We about to want to follow that up. (laughs) Oh, well, I feel shitty because you told me about this last week and then I was like, oh, cool. I have a whole week to think of one and I completely dropped the ball. It's cool. Um, But the first thing that popped in my head um, is something that my dad would always say to me when he, he dropped me off from school. And, uh, Keep in mind, my dad's a baby boomer, so he has, like, you know, he's got the baby boomer talk. Yeah, yeah. And, like, the vocabulary, yeah. the grammar, you know. Um, he's a chiller, but um, he would always say kindness of heart and thoughtful of mind. Like, just a reminder before school every day. And for a long time, I was, like, you know, just the words in my head. But over the past few years, it's, like, really stuck with me. And I do definitely try to live my life day by day with that in mind. Um because like for yourself and also for other people, because if you're not doing things from a place of kindness and like thoughtfulness and understanding, then like you're not going to get very far uh, yeah. and um, people aren't going to want to talk to you or like listen to you or be around you. Um, so, yeah, I'm not really related to cannabis, but definitely. Nah, I don't have to be. I won't. That's what I want right there. Yeah. Like some your dad, your parents told you. Some, yeah. A friend told me a long time ago yeah. they really stuck with me. You know what I'm saying? And it sticks with me too because of the like nostalgia thing. Like exactly. Um, I know I love my dad a lot, and he definitely instilled a lot of great things in me. And that's good. I think that I am the person I am today because of him. So that's shout awesome. out him. Yeah, shout, shout out Don. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good job, Dad. <laughs> great job. Uh, what and about mom, you, Sherelle? It ain't as sweet as these two. Are. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I, I honestly wasn't told about it. And, um, Look at you. and then, you know, so I can only do and be All what it spot. is. And yeah. I really don't have any thoughts or sayings that's appropriate hey, <laughs> from we, the that's people around me. Well. You know, but um, one thing that always comes to mind that I, you know, that I think that I hold truly and dear as a motto is I can only be me. Mm. I can only be me. I can only do me. And, um, you know, if you got a problem with it, that's your issue. Because you know what? I can fight. And other than that, <laughs> it's my motto. I can fight. But if you want to come in peace, you know, teamwork, make the dream work. Make teamwork. Hey, that's all mottos well, right there. Uh-huh. Hey, lot them up, baby. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. Like, that's the motto I live by. Like, I can, and I think you guys can attest that. I'm, I try to be as honest and open as possible, yep. considerate of others, and, you know, yeah. but be real. And at the end of the day, you know, we can either have peace or we can have war. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm war. good with either. Hey, you came with a slew of mottos not to have one. <laughs> I mean, that's just the life I live by. I come, I come in peace until you, you know, wave war. Start you the know? thunder. It's going to be a storm. You know, and, you know, and I don't, and I don't necessarily mean physical either because I could verbally obliviate mm-hmm. you if I, know, I need man, to. That's, mm-hmm. I just did that a couple weeks ago. You know, because I'm not the one that say kiss my ass. I'm like, kiss my posterior. Let's hey, talk about know, I'm going to let you know everywhere and that did you know that I'm not dumb in the middle of it too okay <laughs> with a smile on my face while I do it how you doing well <laughs> hey do you mind if I quickly turn that question around on you you know what's crazy I'm so glad you did because um, a couple weeks ago me and Chris from Freedom Flower was sitting mm-hmm. there smoking and he told me his and had a good story behind it and I went to go tell mine and I was just stoned and just forgot the <laughs> motivational quote I swear <laughs> to God but I remember what it was now. I thought you had a good time. The perfect time. So just to recap, I was in the military. I was in Germany. It was a Sunday morning. 
we were all just getting back from the club. We got to go to the chow hall to get something to eat. And I met this NCO, uh, who I didn't know was an NCO at the time. What's an NCO? Uh, non-commissioned oh. officer, like a sergeant or okay. something like that. But um, we was walking and everybody was drunk, talking shit. Hey, I seen you last night. And I, was, I seen him and I was like, hey, what's good, man? And he turned around with the drunk as hell, serious as he was drunk, and was like, life is a struggle, but without struggle, there's no progress. Mm. And he just walked off. And I was oh. like, That's man, who, the hell is, who the hell are you? <laughs> and I just started chasing him around. Like he was, he was, he had that energy. And that's what he used to say to me all the time. I'm like, saw him do hi, what up, man? And he was like, life is a struggle, but without struggle, there's no progress. That's Beautiful. Correct, Every, all yeah. the time. That's so that's like, that's one of them things that really stuck with me. Yeah. And then even with all the things that I've been through in life, I felt like him giving me that, that, that mantra, bit, that, that, that little mm-hmm. bit. And mm-hmm. I've been like, damn, yeah. he was right. Cause I done struggled a lot in my life and still going through it. But I know these struggles is only only leading to my success, the knowledge that I'm gaining and the things that I'm doing and the flaws that I've had. Okay, I can't do that no more. Mm -hmm. I got to do it this way. Mm -hmm. So it's good that this is life is a struggle, but Mm. without struggle, there's no progress. Hey, Chris, you better hear this in and be like, oh, yeah, you finally remember. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm glad I asked. Hey, that was a good alley. You you threw that that for me, man. That was perfect. And I like just heard something kind of similar to like that the other day when somebody was like, if you're going through hell, keep going. That's it. I stopped and was like, Word, because why would I sit in hell? Oh, why would I not yeah, keep going? Yeah, that's good. <laughs> so that's kind of like that. I like well, it. Well, look, once again, thank y'all for coming through. Can you tell the people where to find y'all? VT Normal, we are on Instagram at VT Normal. Now, a quick clarification that is normal without the A. Yes, sir. Acronym. National Organization of the Reform of Marijuana Laws. For the Reform. For the Reform. Of, well, Get it right, man. Man. <laughs> I, Even I struggle with it. So, <laughs> VTNORML, our website is flipped, normalvt.org. Check us out there. We're also on Twitter, minimally. Yeah, we yeah. do have a little minimally. bit of Twitter presence there. Sometimes I pop on there, hit a retweet. That's good. We got um, the best way to reach us is either Instagram or our email, which is VTNormal, N-O-R-M-L, at gmail.com. At gmail.com. Don't be shy, guys. Please yeah, reach out. They, we, Let's talk. They, we want that, that conversation. Right. Absolutely. About That's anything, right. even about this podcast. You like something, you didn't like something we said, Let want some clarification, know. anything. Mm-hmm. We're friendly, guys. Yeah, yeah. And, you Come know, talk to us. As Ella said, we are volunteers, so we have paid memberships, but that doesn't stop in any way, any channel of communication between us and anybody else. Uh, you know knowledge is power we speaking on that if you ain't signed up to VT normal sign up sign yeah. up that's we right we appreciate all everyone's cool support yeah. Yeah, <laughs> shout, out, shout out all our members because they really they really help us a lot that's awesome yeah, yeah y'all get signed up on VT normal and you can find me on Instagram Canisations Podcast this is Canisations thank you again Nick, Sherelle and Ella for coming out thank you thank you Chris. Um, I want to let y'all know that y'all are doing some great things, man. Like, I really... You too. Really, Same to you. Right, thank, yeah. Yeah. Thank if anybody's thinking about coming on the show, 
Do it. Do it. Damn right. I had Don't such a good time doing yeah, this. Yeah. I could, I could honestly talk for hours. With yeah, you, I'm like, man. wait, we have to go. I know. Like, I'm a little, I'm a little bummed. We got to stop. But you know, know. you in your element. Huh? I know, man. Now, I'm just warmed hey, up now. Check this out. We all just beginning, and I said mm-hmm. that this podcast, I got to run through everybody twice. Mm. So oh, y'all are just starting. So when I hit y'all up later on down the road, because I done went through. When that delivery bill passed. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Y'all gonna get y'all back on and we gonna talk about how much y'all progressed since this time. So. And how much Kenna Stations has progressed oh, to the national man. level. Maybe oh, Don't guess. What are we, number five? We'll be like, yeah, you, you know Kenna Stations, yeah, right? Yeah, that yeah, national yeah. podcast? Ooh, yeah, we were, so we were the fifth baby. episode, bitch. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, look, thank y'all again for coming out. This is Kenna Stations with Chris. Y'all stay blazing and stay amazing. We out.